0: Welcome back to Arts About.
1: show about art that's a work of art in itself. A couple of bars longer than normal there, Sally. I
0: know. I went for the wrong knob, John. (laughs) You're listening to Arts About, which is brought to you by the generosity of McClellan Sculpture Park and Gallery, and you're here in the Bendigo Bank Studio with us, artist-in-residence and cultural sounding board, John Baird, who is celebrating his birthday, I think, this week. Yes. Happy birthday, John. And also the thermodynamic Mark Stewart, and me, as always, tirelessly, Sally Bailieu. What are you going to be on about this week, John?
1: Uh, I'm going to talk about the uh, the big trifecta of French cultural clout. Oh,
0: are you going to tell Delacroix, us that... Delacroix,
1: oh. Jericho, and Jacques-Louis David.
0: Wow, that's uh, heavyweight this week, yeah, isn't it? you b- are the
1: big guns? There, John. <clears throat> uh, well, I'm interested in a particular sort of 30 meters square meters of space in the Louvre mm, I know. Well, which is inhabited by the Ra de Medusa yeah uh, Napoleon on horseback uh, and crossing uh, the Alps. George. yep and um, the French Revolution painting by Liberty, Liberty. Yeah. Yeah. what
0: did you call them the triumvirate of what?
1: French cultural clout
0: right. very good okay well i'm looking forward to that and mark is it going to be quite so highbrow for you uh
2: yes i'm going to talk a little bit about transference Mm -hmm. oh as a concept as a condition oh Um, oh yes a freudian condition yes and a little bit about the misophonia which i'm not sure if i've ever spoken about misophonia before no but it's a nice word is it a nice thing it means hate hate of sound oh probably not that nice well it's not nice as a condition, but just not sure whether it's a condition or or a um, just a mental problem. And that's what you
1: suffer when you suffer from any time you're near a refrigerated truck. Or a sports bar. All right. Yes. I'm or, with you. Or a blinker. <laughs> yes.
0: Incessant meaningless noise. Yeah, great. Now we, we, Mark and I, we went along to see a show of part of the fringe this week, didn't we, Frank Aniston? Yes. Which was rather extraordinary. It was. Yes, Janelle De Silva, or Nell De Silva, as uh, we spoke to her a couple of weeks ago about her show, which was a um, performance piece Based upon her growing up years in Frankston. Yes, yes. as
2: a, ca- a coloured girl. Yes. Chinese, Pakistani and uh, something else. A lovely mix.
0: Absolutely. She is one of the most exquisitely beautiful looking women I've ever seen. You can see why seen. i tried trying to pick you, her up. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, she's, she's quite beautiful, but she's, she's also one of the most brave performers I've seen. That was really she, and you know, exposing she really, and wonderful on, on quite literally and also metaphorically.
2: Yes, and we need to make an effort to get her to Frankston.
0: I agree Yes, I've been thinking about that Yes, let's do something about that I I agree I'm also going to be talking with Co-producer of Good Grandson Productions Christian Chirisiu About a production that he is bringing to Chapel of Chapel on, I think it's the 10th of October Called Gruesome Playground Injuries Which sounds like a bit of fun Then a little later on we're going to be talking to playwright Kieran Carroll, who was on the show a couple of years ago And this time he's here to talk about the reworking of his play, The Truth is Longer Than a Lie Which will be on at Frankston Arts Centre on the 3rd of October Sadly, Melbourne Fringe is over and Melbourne International Arts Festival is about to begin With an international selection of works from the international community that crosses visual arts, dance, circus, theatre, new ideas and so much more I'm going to be really fascinated to hear about the opening of the talented Melbourne-based duo Keith Courtney and Christian Wagstaff's uh, program or um, event which is called $1,000 and I hope we might be able to tempt them in here in the next couple of weeks to talk about it. So while we get our first guest onto the phone, here's the very enigmatic LP with a song called Lost on You. Lifelong friendships can arise from all sorts of unexpected circumstances, and our next guest, Christian Charisio, knows this better than most. He's co-producer of a new play, uh, premiering at Chapel Off Chapel for a two-week season in October. And it's a story of two lifelong friends drawn together since childhood by incidents of injury and heartbreak. It's called Gruesome Playground Injuries, and it opens on the 10th of October. Good morning, Christian Charisio. I've said it wrong again. To you. how are you?
3: How are you?
0: <laughs> Welcome to Arts About.
3: Thank you, thank you very much,
0: Christian. Your newly established theatre company, Good Grandson, Grandson Productions, is bringing this play to Australia for its premiere. What drew yeah, you to oh, it in the first well, place?
3: It's our premiere show, but the show's it's been done here before. Oh, so has it? Oh, has yes, it? It has. It's actually it's quite a established play, sort of as the it's like the actors' play as such. So I, I know a lot of I know a lot of people who have put it on. Um, it's this a very simple and amazing story. Is
0: it um, now? T- tell me who it was written by.
3: So it's written by Rajiv Joseph, who um, his uh, Broadway uh, hit uh, Bengal Tiger at the Baghdad It was probably what he's known for, but this is one of his earlier canon plays.
0: And I- is it a comedy?
3: Um, it's, it's so it's sort of a dramedy. It's a dark comedy. So it it's, uh, the, the scenes as as they evolve uh, start quite light hearted and humorous. Um, but but then they sort of descend into these uh, heartbreaking and beautiful moments um, about these two uh, soulmates who just don't quite get together.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, so you, you mentioned just before it's an actor's play. Do actors love this play to work with?
3: Yeah, it's, I think it's because um, the whole play is only two people, it's two characters, and the writing is absolutely brilliant in the sense of uh it, it 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 both makes you laugh and cry at the same time it makes your heart break and swell at the same time so i think it really allows um actors to really to really take uh take their skills further by uh stretching them to do comedy and uh and, and drama at the same time
0: what's it about it is at its essence is it friendship is is that what it's about
3: <laughs> i think it's about um Jeez. um at its essence i think it's about um it, it, it's, it's about love actually yeah. it's about the, the kind of the kind of things that love makes us do and whether and 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 sort of whether uh just because we love people does that really mean that we're right for each other
0: yes yes often that is not the case as we probably most <laughs> of us would be able to say they know that
3: that's right that's right
0: so how did you come across it did you see it produced somewhere in america and decide no, that?
3: well so i i've i've, I've I had a some I've seen scenes done in acting classes and stuff like that over the years. But uh, last year I was working with my I went to LA for a couple of months and I worked with my acting coach Lisa Robertson in her studio uh, in Los Angeles and she gifted me one of the scenes to do in her class and um, I fell in love with it. Mm. Uh, and I sort of had to I had to do it that's what I, I i really loved the character of doug that i play um and so from there i started my production company good grandson productions and i wanted this to be up my premier show and uh, found caitlin and and the rest sort of just came together really
0: caitlin <laughs> petrarca she's your co-producer yes she is and um, and is she part of permanently uh good grandson productions
3: no she's um well i i at the moment i'm currently just good grandson productions but caitlin um uh, runs uh, uh, her own independent company, um, just under her own name and she is a fantastic co-producer um, and we just sort of met through um, some mutual friends. I got in touch with her and I said I'm, I'm, I need somebody to come on board and, 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 and uh, be able to help out with the producing duties and she, she was like, I'm game and I said you're great, I like you, so we brought her on board.
0: Wonderful. <laughs> uh, and are you the good grandson? Is that Where, where does that I name I am the per- good grandson indeed, yeah.
3: I am um, that name actually came about, I was helping my um, grandmother out one day, and every single store I went to, uh, everyone said, oh, you're a good grandson, Aww. you're a good grandson, and I went, you know what, that yeah. would be a great name for a production company, and that's just where that story lies. <laughs>
0: that is fantastic. <laughs> so, so tell us about the cast. Are you in this production?
3: Yes. So uh, the cast includes myself, uh, playing the role of Doug, and the other character, Kayleen, is played by a wonderful actress by the name of... MacIntosh, um, yeah, and so it's just a two-hander. Um, and our director, Jess, Jessica Dick, is uh, an Australian director, but she's based in London, and she works from London to New York back to Australia. And we've she's she's graciously flown down and and joined us to to make this show absolutely amazing. And um, yeah, <laughs> fabulous.
0: Now, it was presumably it was written in America. Sorry, presumably it was written in America.
3: So Rajiv Joseph is uh, uh, an American um, with, uh, I believe, uh, an Indian background. Oh, don't hold me to that. No, nope, it does sound um, like it. He, yeah. So he, he's, he's, it's an American play. And um, so have, have and you said
0: it in America, or is it? Have you said it in Australia?
3: No. So we, we, we were having this discussion. Jeff and I were talking about whether we could get away with putting it into Australia because I'm also about uh, my production companies. Um, part of the ethos is that we want to create new works as well and so we, we were thinking if we could recontextualize it into Australia but there's just too many uh, American-isms that are crucial to the story like you know that he plays hockey and they talk about Girl Scout cookies and things like that and to translate it would have lost yeah just that little bit of um, that little bit of effect and impact that the American setting in America uh, has on the play
0: Is it a long play?
3: No no, so uh, it's only going to be one act, and we're probably we're looking at it running at about seventy-five minutes in total, one act,
0: mm-hmm.
3: um, and it's gonna. We're, yeah, and that's so it's not really long. People can enjoy their night in Piran afterwards or before.
0: Yeah, well, there's plenty to do and eat at, at around there. It's a rather wonderfully situated theatre, isn't it? How did you get yeah, involved absolutely. with uh, with them at Chapel of Chapel?
3: Um, I was so uh, like usually to put on a play uh, in a in any year you have to get in get into uh, venues about the year before, yeah. uh, so I only got in touch with Chapel of Chapel at the start of the year, and I sent them an email with an inquiry about the loft space, uh, and then the wonderful Kate Crowley emailed me back straight away and said, yes, yes, I'd I, I love this play, I would love to have a chat and get you to come in and, and, and talk shop, and so um, I did, and Kate and I hit it off straight away, and we went, right, where can we fit you in? And I said, when do you have? And they said October.
0: Fabulous. And it was, it was all, all hands on deck from then.
3: Absolutely. absolutely. Yes,
0: because there's so much putting it on. Although, rather wonderfully I, I would imagine it's a, a great luxury working with a two-hander because it is so uh, small in a way and intimate and, and easy to, I mean, rehearsal space, you could probably do it anywhere.
3: Absolutely. So it's it's just, it's that's part of the reason why I wanted it to play too. It's just the type of theater that I want to create. Um, and I think it's very naughty that there's a uh, more of where it's, it's intimate and it's, uh, it, 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 it makes you uh, not want to pull your eyes away from the stage at any moment because we're we're exploring, because these characters also don't, so we see these characters over 30 years. So we, we start at age 8 and then we jump to 23 and then we come back to 13 and then we come back to 33. So it, it's It's um, it's 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 wonderfully uh, it's a wonderful cacophony of ages um, mixed in there and not in the chronological order. So I think it's really not, and and it's going to challenge the audience to keep up and really appreciate um, intimate theatre in that sense. um, Mm. With something that's quite intense and quite heartbreaking and quite hilarious and absurd a lot of the way through.
0: Well, even the title would make you chuckle, I have to say. I think you can, I think you can determine that there's a little bit of darkness and a little bit of comedy in there, really, with that title, don't you think? It's a it it sounds wonderful. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Uh, um, Gruesome Playground Injuries is playing at the Chapel of Chapel in the Loft, which actually is a theatre in there that I haven't been into. And from the 11th through to the 21st of, oh no, 10th. I think you open on the 10th, don't you?
3: Yes, uh, we have preview on the tenth, um, and then we are on until the twentieth of October, um, and just no show on Monday. That's about
0: it. Fantastic. <laughs> I'll put a link on our Facebook page to you and to and to the production. Good luck with it. It sounds like lots of fun. Thanks so much for talking to us today on Arts About Christian Cherisiu. Did, I, you say so much, it,
3: did it I say did I say it properly
0: that time, You Cheriseu. certainly
3: did. You said it right every time. Thank you.
0: Woohoo!
3: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for talking to us
0: today. Bye.
3: No
0: worries. Bye. On Wednesday, the 3rd of October, there's going to be a free performance of The Truth Is Longer Than a Lie at the Frankston Arts Centre. Presented by Type Faster Productions, the Dandenong Hospital and Frankston Arts Centre, The Truth Is Longer Than a Lie is a play drawing on the personal accounts of children subjected to abuse. Based on the original book by Monash University researchers Dr. Neerosh Muldaly and Professor Chris Goddard, the play explores children's first-hand accounts of abuse, neglect and the systems designed to protect them. It was originally commissioned by Monash University in 2015 and it was written by our next guest, award-winning Melbourne playwright Kieran Carroll. Good morning Kieran and welcome back to Arts About.
4: Hi, Sally. Thanks for having me on the program.
0: It's a great pleasure. Um, the truth is longer than a lie is a pretty grim subject matter, and not to be confused with the usual stage drama, although I'm sure that it is that as well. But it serves a dual purpose, doesn't it?
4: Yes, it's um, from its first from debut season in 2015. Um, the play seems to be uh, gaining more and more momentum, and. Um, Child abuse is, of course, a very crucial but, but difficult subject uh, in, in many areas, and uh, staging a play about it uh, also uh, has its challenges. And um, at the moment, um, we have the, the production has some uh, state government support through the Creative Victoria program, and we're doing um, a number of performances in, in regional Victoria and then a number of performances. Um, in the outer suburbs as well. And all these performances are linking in with uh, CASA, which is the, the uh, Victorian Centres Against Sexual Assault. So um, just in the last couple of days, we went we went to Mildura and uh, Swan Hill and the, the play is being presented um, each time with a, a community forum straight afterwards. And so, it's, it's a really good... Um, Introduction for people who want to know more about these these subjects uh, in their community, and it's also a way of um, developing in new policies and strategies for dealing with uh, these these problems you know throughout different communities.
0: So I've read it was originally commissioned by Monash University um, after yeah, a book that was written by some cats. of its professors. Yeah. Why was it commissioned? I mean, what what is the what, what did they see that this work could become? And yes, how...
4: well, I think it was, it was originally commissioned by Monash University, the, the Frankston campus, um, through uh, Dr Leon Pitterman. Um, and I think the, the first um, thing that he was looking at was some of the very high statistics for uh, child abuse and, and family violence uh, around the Frankston area. And I think the... Um, Dr Moodley um, had had been at Monash and had done a lot of work in areas like Frankston and and, and Dandenong and uh, I think the idea originally was for me to write this play that could then travel out into community spaces and um, extend the conversations that are already happening and also try to help people uh, who have been in difficulties with these problems. So it's it's a it's a bonding experience often um, for, for the for the audience, and um, it's also a way for people who might be experiencing this or, or know people that are experiencing this to come into a safe environment to, to see a play about it. There's always um, counsellors and advisors on hand uh, to, to help that they can contact straight away. So it's a, it's like coming to the performances. It's also a, a port of call.
0: Mm, it's almost, in a way, I, I suspect, drawing out those that need help too.
4: Yes. One of the things that was happening um, in Mildura and Swanhook Hill over the last couple of days was that a, that a couple of um, people that work in uh, education and, and, and with youth were, were saying to me, oh, this would be a really good play to actually bring into Year 11 and 12 classrooms. Um And that's something that I actually haven't done yet. But um, he he was saying that by the depiction of the the, the two main actors who who are playing teenagers and abused children, that um, there is that possibility and hope that, that those kids seeing that play would then... Go and tell somebody what might be happening to them.
0: Mm. So it's been received very well because uh, I know in 2015, at uh, you, you premier, well 2016, I think I spoke to you last yes. on, on uh, Arts About about it when it was at Frankston Arts Centre. So in that time, that we, it used to be a 90-minute nine-hander, and
4: you've made it more portable, haven't you? Yes, that's right. So, so what ha- happened is that was a, that was a 95-minute play uh, with, with nine actors, and then. Um, logistically, that was a little bit too cumbersome to tour. So what I did was buy a playwright by the name of Alan Hopgood, actually, who's been a great supporter of the play. Alan Hopgood, um, well, amongst things, way back where he wrote a he wrote a play called And the Big Men Fly, mm-hmm. and he wrote Bellbird that seventy s oh TV yes,
0: I remember that. <laughs> um,
4: but in more recent times, he's done a whole series of what he what he calls health plays. Um, the most well-known one would be the carer that Bud Ting will start in. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, but yes. there's been a number yeah. that are about um, or grief or, or, or widowhood or Parkinson's disease and these plays are generally 50 or 60 minutes. They're, they're very easy to set up and they can be kind of set up in you know, community spaces or halls but they don't require um, large theatres and, and, and uh, high technical aspects. So so what I did was with The Truth Is Longer Than A Lie, I, I, I followed that model and I wrote a 50-minute version and, and the messages and the narratives and, and the processes for the main characters are, are the same. But it's, yes, it's, it's a condensed version and it's, um, it, can, it can set up quickly and it can move into you know, hospital spaces and
0: And probably rooms. therefore yeah. be a lot more affordable to smaller groups.
4: Yes, that that was one of the other reasons too, and it's uh, it, it's five it's five actors this time, so it's uh, yes, just logistically it's uh, it's a little bit easier.
0: So it's going into Frankston Art Centre on the third of October in the afternoon. Yes. I think it's a one pm performance. It is. Uh, that's a that's a free event, isn't it?
4: Yes, it's a free event, and um, that one's been it's been put together by the cast of the Southeastern Centre again. Sexual Assault, they've been help, helping with this one. And, yes. Yeah, so uh, if people come along, it's a free event. They don't have to book. They just, just to be there a little bit before 1 o'clock, uh, and they'll get uh, the 50-minute play, and then there'll be a community forum afterwards. And, and generally, the, the forums have been, have been really good. They go for about half an hour, and often there'll be um, child protection officers or... Um, social workers or uh, the last couple have had somebody from uh, the Victoria Police and uh, they've, they've been a really you know valuable addition to the play
0: extraordinary because I'm I, I can only imagine that there would be there may be some amazing scenes afterwards
4: yes and each each play does always have someone uh, on hand who, who gets um, noted at the beginning and saying if you do find any of this material confronting or distressing um, that there's, there's help, help on hand so yes it, 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 it's very kind of well, well managed in that regard
0: Well there are two things that people might be interested in here one is of course that they might be able to go along on uh, on Wednesday the October the 3rd to see this play but also people might be interested to find out how and where they can put this on Kieran how can they do that
4: yes yeah, so look they could, they could give me a call uh, on 0429 235 751 0429 235 uh, 751 or if they just look up my website which is uh, www.kierankieran carol www.kierancarol.com they can contact me there and uh, yes um, the, the wider that it goes, uh, the better things will be, I think. And um, I'm, in, I'm in conversation at the moment with the New South Wales Ministry of Health to take it through New South Wales next year for, for 20 performances going out to regional and remote community, um, and that would be that that would be sort of the next part of the journey too to try to to move it to other parts of Australia. Oh.
0: Well, it's a terrible situation that something like this is needed so much, but it's a wonderful thing that you've got this going. Uh, I will, of course, put links on our Facebook page uh, to you and also to the event. Thank you so much for talking to us today, Kieran Carroll. It's uh, wonderful. Thanks,
4: Sally. Thanks great. for your support. It's been great. Thanks
0: Terrific. You. Bye. Okay, how about this? This is Harry Dean Stanton, and everybody's talking at me.
1: And now it's time for John Lawnham. And uh what a pleasure it was to have it been time for Harry Dean Stanton. Isn't he
0: lovely? Yeah. Mm. I love that. He's mm.
1: good. Uh I was in the uh went into the Louvre Mark and uh, as I was fond of doing to have a look at uh the three paintings that we talked about earlier. And uh before I went in there this time I had a bit of a read up on the raft of the Medusa and this backstory. And it's an amazing story, uh the Medusa was a ship that was wrecked off the coast of Africa, quite a long way off the coast of Africa, and uh, <coughs> the aristric, aristocrat um, captain of the ship and his cohorts, uh, they got into the boats and they just they hung around while the survivors, a 100 plus survivors of the wreck, uh, built a raft out of what was left of the ship. and. Uh, They then attached ropes to it and they said, all right, well, we'll tow you to Africa. And when they figured out that that was actually going to be quite hard work, um, they cut the ropes and left them there saying, we'll be back, you know, we'll go and find someone to come back and get you. Uh, But more or less abandoned them. Uh, It was 13 days, not that long as it turns out, until someone did in fact go back and find them. And out of the 100 original... Um, raft occupants there were 15 people left
0: (gasps) in 13 days yeah Yeah.
1: and uh, the 15 that were left had eaten quite a number of the uh, the the previous occupiers and uh, and I thought to myself 13 days man you know they they offer advice on the internet for fasting for 10 days Mm -hmm. Yeah. For your, for your health, you know. So I maybe did. they popped into the cannibalism a little early. Well, <laughs> no, they didn't eat them all, John. A lot of them no, were. They, ate, of, some of they them. ate some of them. They some of them, even
0: after 13 days. I think I'd I, I'd need a hell of a lot more. Although the only thing I, I think can imagine is... think they only ate is, the black ones. I'll bet they were pretty emaciated <laughs> to begin with. So they probably yeah. were not in such good shape. Normally when we do fasting, most well, of us have a true. few pounds yeah. to
1: lose. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I, I read all that with horror. I also read that... Um, Uh, Jericho, uh, who made this painting... The painting, by the way, Sally, is about five metres high and uh, eight metres long. It's a huge painting.
0: I'm absolutely sure, of course, I've seen it, but I'm I'm trying to... to He painted it
1: when he was 25 years old Mm -hmm. uh, and he um, filled his studio with body bits that he got from the local prison from uh, execution... Uh, people so he had arms and legs and heads and stuff all sitting around. The...
0: Oh, can you imagine the <laughs> gruesomeness and the smell? He wanted to get in
1: the mood, um, but he made this terrific painting, and it is like it, it, without a doubt, one of the most important paintings on the surface of the planet. You know, it's an incredible picture, uh, but if you sit there and look at it in the Louvre, it's very hard not to feel. Napoleon Bonaparte looking at you in the back of your head because he's right behind you, uh, painted by (laughs) Jacques-Louis David and it's Napoleon crossing the Alps and he's on a rearing piebald stallion, he's got a cape flying out behind him he's utterly and completely in control of the world and that is also a fantastic painting, huge as well, very big painting uh, and just down a few paintings down is the um, painting of Delacroix's, Liberté. Yeah, which is the painting of the French Revolution, the success of the French Revolution as they saw it. Uh,
2: and in the front is the woman holding the flag with the rather large bare breasts.
1: It's very well known for oh, yeah, Lady's RAM. Yeah. Uh, but there's a figure in that painting with arms in the air and a lot of white paint behind him. He sort of stands out. And he's lifted directly from Goya's painting uh, of the executions in the streets of Madrid.
0: Oh, yes, I know,
1: yes. Um, and just a knockout of a picture. And the fact that the three of them are there within a 25 square metre area of the Louvre is, it just stunned me. I couldn't mm. believe that these pictures were all there. These aren't paintings that are going to come out and visit Tony at. NGV, no, I shouldn't you know. imagine
0: no that's their as you say, it's their cultural clout. they're not going to let that out
1: and so you have to go there to look at them, but it is well worth doing, and it. it is just mind blowing thing
0: do you what would be the uh, the time frame that those three paintings were painted? They were all in?
1: made around the same time yes. um, Jericho was the youngest of them he was twenty five when he made of the, the medusa um Delacroix would have been in his 30s or so, yeah. and uh, Jacques-Louis David would have been in his 50s, almost 60s. And do you,
0: would they have been privately commissioned? No. Uh, no, no, I don't think so. No. Uh, publicly, no, they would yeah. have been, yes.
1: Yeah. They were They were made, well, actually, they would have been made for the salon mm-hmm. uh, and then found a home afterwards. Yeah. So not commissioned, but made in order to enter... I mean, they knew where they were going. Right.
0: Yeah.
2: Remembering, of course, that as you said, the difference in age meant that De- David was—he was considered the master, and Jericho mm-hmm. was the up-and-coming. He was the colorist who was. Yeah. Who well,
1: was, and, exactly.
2: Um, sorry, Delacroix was the colourist yeah. and Jericho was the youngest, who died at thirty-one. Well, they all—they all taught each other. They, well, yeah, they were all watching each other.
1: There was no yeah. question. And they—and um, Jacques Louis David, of course, uh, was a student of Angre. Angre. Ingres. Ingres. I mean, uh, who who was
2: the well Ang was a um, before the revolution during the revolution after the revolution managed to survive and and continue to be a, a great painter and draw magnificent drawings he did the the um rape of the sabines i think yeah. and the the three men with their sw- swords out the what front of what was his the name the- uh, J- um, Jacques Louis Ang, I think it
1: is. It's spelled I N G
0: R Ah, yes. I think I've, I've often seen his name, and I had no idea how it was pronounced. Mm,
1: mm. And I don't mean to leave him out of that group of fabulous French artists, um, but he, there, there is no painting of his in the vicinity of the other three in the Louvre. Who's mm. uh, uh,
2: Ang. Ang. Yeah. Well, if you go down the end of that hall, then you come across um, a mass of uh, Chinese people trying to get a glimpse of the Mona Lisa. Yeah,
1: and they were all completely different men. Jericho was an unhappy man.
2: No, he wasn't. Well, he no. died unhappy. He, and he, he,
1: In fact, he died saying that the only true thing is suffering and that all pleasures and imagination... Are, no, all pleasures are imagined.
2: Yes, well, that's something we've heard said by many uh, painters and p- poets Including one we both knew very well, but um, the Ang was uh, sorry. Jericho was a he was a wealthy man. He was um, a speed man, maniac, as in okay. horses. Yeah. Loved horses, and he'd hurt himself and, and continued to get on the horses and was riding yeah. and, and died. Didn't care really.
1: And uh, Delacroix discovered Morocco, and that whole thing about the uh, the French. Gentleman in Morocco with the turban and the smoking jacket, and that's pretty well Delacroix. <laughs> that's right. who he. That's who he was. Yeah, he was that guy. I had a great Jack friend who was that guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: When I lived in doing, London, doing a Delacroix. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> he used to spend an awful lot of time in uh, wearing a turban in in Tangiers.
1: I remember going to fez. A, a wedding in Melbourne. I was wearing a pair of big baggy black pants and a big leather belt and a puffy white shirt and I had a goatee beard and a voice from the wedding rang out, Christ, John, you look like you've walked out of a Delacroix painting.
0: <laughs> 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 Which you probably did. I, I can imagine loved, that, exactly.
1: every moment of it.
0: Well,
2: so, fa- thank you, John. That was lovely, yes. A bit of going back to the Louvre. Yeah. Um, so something a little more um, literary. Transference. Yeah, I'm interested. Is uh German Ubertragung? Probably someone's going. To How's your German, Mark? Not very good, obviously, John. Not as good as my French. <laughs> um, it's an idea which was basically created by uh, Freud to, to to describe a theoretical phenomenon characterized by unconscious redirection of the feelings a person has about a second person to feelings the first person has about a third person. If you can get your parents okay. around well, that. We,
0: we experimented with that in, in biology in oh, you, uh, uh, at year 12. In fact, I, was, I had a duckling that okay. we practiced that we actually theorized about transference on. A, on and I duckling. ended up having this do- Yes, it, it decided oh. that we were
2: its parents. OK, well, that's lovely. Um, It usually concerns feelings from an important second person's relationship from childhood Mm -hmm. and is sometimes considered inappropriate. It is common for people to transfer feelings from their parents to their children, which is, we all know that that one, that is cross-generational entanglements. Oh,
1: gosh. I'm
2: confused. Yeah. Well, no, look, don't get confused, John. Let me finish. High-profile serial killers often transfer unresolved rage from previous love or hate objects onto surrogates or individuals resembling the original object of love or hate. Right. So w- what I'm leading towards is really social media and how people jump on uh, an idea which perhaps is, has more to do with what their feelings are towards something than the thing itself. Okay. Right. So when we, when we hear or see something which, we, which triggers, you know, there's all, all these things being triggered lately, it's in relation more to what you feel about yourself than what you're actually listening to or hearing. Okay. In mm. psychoanalytical terms. In radio terms, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, moving on. Yeah. Uh, misophonia. Misophonia is yes. that lovely word. Yeah, it's a lovely <laughs> word. Literally, hatred of sound, a mm. condition in which negative thoughts, emotions, and physical reactions are triggered by specific sounds, like clicking pens, mm-hmm. someone tapping their foot... Scraping. I, I know of some, exactly. I know someone in Paris who had to divorce his wife because he couldn't stand the way she cleaned out her yogurt container every night. <gasps> yes, could have just got a different yogurt container. Anyway, probably good. And blinkers, for example, the a horrible mm. thing. What, what, what would you give an example of something you hate the sound of?
0: Oh, certain voices. Really, mm. really great for me. Mm. I, I think I can't. I, I can't, can't hear actually hear their words anymore. I, I can only focus on the irritating uh, tonality or, I, or, yes. Or, or... yes. So it's, it's the
1: voice and not what they're saying.
0: Yes, it's the voice. Yeah. Mm. Well,
2: it's interesting because they say that um, it's, it, it may be caused, they're not sure, by a dysfunction of the central auditory system in the brain, which is digital, it's electrical, um, and not the ears. One study found that around 80% of the sounds were related to the mouth. Eating, oh. slurping, whispering, and so the sound of the voice. I, when you gave that uh, that uh, example, I was immediately thinking you were probably looking at their mouth or looking, at them thinking, you know, I can't stand this. Actually, what yes. they're even the whole well, visual fu- path.
0: Funnily enough, funny you should say that because I do often look at people's mouths rather than their eyes. Right.
2: Yes. Well, I think this is probably quite common. Mm. And sixty percent of the problems were repetitive. It is not classified as a hearing sound disorder. It may be a form of sound emotion, synesthesia, Mm. and has parallels with some anxiety disorders, and it's not uh, sure whether misophonia should be classified as a symptom or a condition. Mm.
1: So there you go. I can understand that. I can understand why there would be confusion about what to classify it as. Yes. Uh, And it definitely, I've seen it drive people nuts. I've seen Mark cross a road and turn a truck off, they, oh have you the compressor yes. was running.
2: Well no it's just the people uh, some uh, it's a phenomenon I've I've noticed often people have great difficulty uh, men mostly have great difficulty turning off their cars especially if they're diesels. They you know when they come i see often in the Bellnaring uh, cafe the village people mm. which is a lovely cafe um <laughs> the, <laughs> Of course. <laughs> the people, lovely the woman who I don't know her name, but anyway, there's a lot of guys come up in their utes and they park, they put their ute there and they leave it going and go order their takeaway coffee with 10 sugars and then get back into the car. And what do they do? Look at their telephone. The car's still going. The diesel fuel still And the uh, car is at its Why most... Why do pu- they do because it, it's warming up. It's basically, the tradition was with the diesel, you leave it warming up. But people can't, they have great difficulty turning off the car sometimes. And what they don't realize, what I say to a lot of people is, I'm sorry, but this is when a car is at its most pollutive. It's polluting, at, at, its, at its most pollutive when it's idling. Yeah. So anyway,
1: that's just one of those. Well, we know now problems. where to go and get a
2: car in the morning if we want one. Well, look, all this is going to stop because they'll be electric soon. There won't be right. you know, the car will stop by itself. You know, the stop start—they must turn off their stop start mechanisms. Those new ones. Mm. Well, I've
0: car. got a diesel car and it does that. To, if I pull up at the traffic lights, it turns, it itself, turns off. itself off.
2: Yeah, well, Volkswagen have to after all the lying and <laughs> cheating out there. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Clearly, they're not a sponsor of the show. <laughs> hey, uh, that's about it for us this week. Um, I think. Uh, well, I don't even know whether we've got time for the news. Oh, can, can I, I just say yes. something in yes.
1: in uh, lieu of the news? Yes. Uh, Mark Schell has popped his head up, and he's got a paddock full of sculpture coming up for us all to go and look at. And Ooh. I don't know the details, but I'm going to find out, and we'll talk about it as we get nearer. Oh yes, well, also, he's, yes, also so.
2: briefly the show at um, the uh, Mornington Gallery. Oh yes, um, and from intimate journals is not bad. Also the line of inquiry, all the drawings they've uh, bought recently, and No Surface Holds of Catherine Truman from the Jam Factory in Adelaide. It's a very a brilliant show. Oh, why don't we see there. whether we
0: can have a chat with somebody mm. uh, from there next week? That would be fantastic. Uh, Mark Shaller, he's at the end of Paterson Road doing those sculptures. Yes, indeed. Yes, yes, i Yes, indeed. I've been, that, that'll be interesting to see. All right, everybody, if you've just tuned in, you've missed starts about. But you can hear the repeat on Wednesdays at 12 or listen to the podcast uh, on the station website some other time or even on our Wooshka website because we have a Wooshka website. Which is, uh, which is very which works well Yeah, which does work well And which you can find on our Facebook page It's a good idea to tune in to the Facebook page Because you if you're interested in any of the Things we've been talking about this week Or uh, in, in Interested in things that might be coming up That will keep you up to date uh, We'll be on again Same time next week at 11 o'clock on Sunday And remember everybody We may not know everything about art
1: uh, We know what we like Yeah No, we're not bored by anyway.